Before we begin this episode, we would first of all like to thank all of our listeners for their endless support. We would also like to invite you to visit us on our website at www.preptgrind.com where you can gain access to all of our PrePT Grind platforms as well as your own PrePT Grind ebook, free ebook, titled The Top 10 Tips to Get into PT School. Our purpose with current and future content is to provide you with everything you need to be a stellar DPT school candidate. We look forward to serving you more and more. Enjoy the rest of this episode. What's up, everybody? This is Casey and Joseph here with another episode of the Pre-PT Grinds podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform to become not just the best DPT student, but also the best physical therapist you can be as well. On this episode, it's a very special episode. We have Mr. Robert Dudley from Azusa Pacific University here with not just Casey and Joseph, but also one of our pre-VT interns, aka now, I mean, you're almost a student PT, so we might as well just call you a student PT. Uh, Zaniah Bradshaw, she introduced us to Mr. Robert Dudley to be on this podcast, so maybe she might have some talking time on here. We'll see if she hops in to ask any questions, but how are you doing, Mr. Dudley? How's everything going this evening? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. We try to have Zania, you know, intro this podcast, but you know. <laughs> she's, yeah. You wouldn't she, guess from her performance on the podcast, but she, she's very outspoken in class. So she's uh, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. She wasn't we as shy in class as she is right now. <laughs> Thank you, Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. We'll get her introducing a podcast soon. But All right. But, but thank you so much, Mr. Dudley, for, uh, for, for just being willing to join us on this episode. Oh, of course. Um, the topic of research um, is, is one of importance to a lot of pre-PTs um, who are just trying to figure out how to leverage themselves, how to, how to take what they like already, because a lot of people like research, and how to take what they like with research and you know, use it as an asset when they do apply to PT school. But before we get into that, give us a little background on are you your interest into re- I mean, what led you to start, you know, the world of research? Like what led you to dive in? And also, you know, what what would the world of research have to offer a pre-PT that is looking to um, leverage their way into a PT program? Yeah, totally. So so background a little bit on me is so I uh, I started out as a kinese major at Cal State Fullerton and was originally on the PT track and then kind of fell into biomechanics and more of the like the technology aspect and research aspect of, of kinesiology and kind of fell in love. And that's where I found my passion lies. And so finished up my undergrad at Cal State Fullerton, went on, stayed there and did my master's in biomechanics at Cal State Fullerton. And I'm working on my PhD right now at Loma Linda University, uh, doing the same biomechanics research. So I think it's really awesome. So the, yeah, Loma Linda, um, so the, I think one of the big benefits of research like throughout this whole process is in the field of kinesiology, we are very lucky to have research that is directly applicable. So I think in some of the other sciences, my wife will probably get mad, she's, she's a chemist, um, but some of the research they do is, is not, she's like giving me the glaring eye right now, but it's not as applicable, you know, but I'm, I'm hoping that every time I conduct a research study or I, I publish new research findings, it's that PTs who are in practice, you know, or athletic trainers who are in practice or personal trainers are 
looking at the research, not just my, definitely not just mine, but like the, you know, the, the summary of all the research that's, that's occurring and applying that directly to practice. And I think that's kind of the key throughout all of PT and AT and, you know, kinesiology in general as a field of our, you know, education practices is that we are evidence-based, you know, and that's the key. And that's what distinguishes us and makes us or can make you guys, you know, better practitioners. And so I think that's the key for research as a PT, you know, like at, when you're in the field, you know, is being able to take that research, break it down and say, how can I apply this to my patients to make my practice or make my care of my patients even better? Um, so kind of just take it to that next level. But as a, as a student, you know, I think it helps I mean, for me speaking from experience, I wouldn't have gone on my career path had I not gotten involved as an undergrad in research with one of my professors, you know, so I, there's no way, like I, I would have gone a completely different path, but I was, you know, I kind of took, took the bull by the horns and was like, I want to get involved in research. And then that's what led me to my master's program. It led me to the job I'm at now because my professor was, you know, kind of took me under his wing and was like, Hey, let's, let's work on, let's answer these, these basic questions about human movement and, uh, and try to make sense of it. So it helped me, you know, have a relationship with a professor. It helped me figure out kind of my career pathway, but it also helped me better understand the human body. And I still apply those and I continually apply those examples every day in the classroom when I'm teaching my students, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Does that, did I answer the question? I hope so. So, so in PT, there's like different types of physical therapists and we like oh, to yeah. kind of make yeah. fun of them. And one of those categories is like, the researched or evidence-based physical yeah. therapist. And they like want to know everything. What's the latest research? What came out yeah. last month and week? Uh, so with that said, uh, <laughs> is there any hot trends or hot topics in, you know, PT research, biomechanics, uh, yeah. anything like that, that you're excited about? Yeah. So um, what's hot right now? So I think hot for the past couple of years, I feel like running injuries and like, uh, like foot strike and, you know, foot minimalist footwear, that's like always a hot topic. Um, you know, switching between rear foot and forefoot striking, things like that, like gait retraining. But I think um, another kind of movement that's uh, what I think is kind of cool is this kind of uh, movement towards pre-participation pre screening. So I think it kind of started a few years ago with like FMS and things like that, uh, which we can spend an entire podcast talking about, um, but not this one. <laughs> uh, but those like using those pre-participation screens or at least like trying to um, prevent athletes from getting injured in the first place. So kind of like preventative medicine or preventative screening. Um, so looking at the way people move or the way people, you know, uh, run or complete their activity and then trying to predict injury based on any movement faults or movement impairments that you see. Um, so, yeah, I think that's like kind of a, a, a big one. And that's a little bit where my research uh, was. My master's thesis, I examined our uh, cross-country team. So at CSUF, I did a, a prospective analysis, so looked at the entire cross-country team before they started their season, and kind of analyzed their movements when they were all healthy, and then uh, tracked them, tracked their injuries throughout the season. So, uh, you know, after a few weeks of doing 70, 80 miles a week, you know, just like ridiculous cross-country runners, 
a few of them got injured. And so I was able to then look back and say, all right, this is what everybody looked like when they were healthy. Let's split it up in injured and non-injured and see what are the injured people doing differently than those non-injured athletes. And so in my limited sample size, I was able to distinguish one variable, which is kind of consistent with the literature, which is the knee adduction moment. And um, so it kind of demonstrated that we can take the way we can like take the mechanics of someone before they're injured and determine we can't really predict whether they're going to be injured or not, but we can say whether they're going to be at a higher risk for injury. And so I think that's a really valuable, really valuable tool. And I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of the hot, the hot topic is, is like these movement streams. Can we look at someone before they're injured and figure out, you know, if they're going to be at more risk for injury? I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So, so Zania, Zania is here. She's <laughs> she's lurking in the backgrounds of this podcast. Episode. Hi y'all, everyone. <laughs> y'all heard us talking about her. There she is. There she is. I'm wondering, like, if like obviously you are you're like you've been around all this for a bit and you see the value. Um, Zania is actually the one that uh, uh, made this happen, made this episode happen. So if y'all are loving this episode. Thanks, Zanaya, for uh, for making sure that it went down. But Zanaya, like, I'm wondering, like, right now, is there anything that you're kind of that you think a pre-PT would value hearing after you know just kind of knowing both worlds and having been a pre-PT yourself? Uh, what what are some things that you think now a pre-PT should start putting together if they are in a position where they're like, hmm, never really thought of research as something that I could use to leverage myself with, or hmm, I've thought about it, but I really don't know what to do with it. What what are your thoughts? Well, I think that if you're unsure, the first thing you should do is ask questions. Whenever you're not sure about something, asking is the first way to figure out what you want to do. And so whether you are like on the fence about it or you absolutely like want to pursue research, definitely ask questions with the faculty at your university and figuring out where can you start based off what your program has to offer. And then by asking questions, you could possibly get referred to somewhere else. And so, yeah, that's what I think um, pre-PTs can definitely do as a start if they don't know exactly where to go. I love it. I I think if I can, can I add a little bit? Yeah. I think, you know, like if you, if you just stay like, take out all the, the extra benefits, but like, let's say you get involved with a, with a professor, you're an undergrad student, you're thinking about going to PT school you get involved with the professor, worst case scenario, like you could get no, you know, uh, well, I mean, best case scenario, let's say that best case scenario, you're going to get potentially like a letter of rec out of it, you know, because you've had like, you've established a relationship with like with the professor. And that's where I got my letter of rec for graduate school, you know, like, is the professor that I did research with in undergrad, he wrote my letter of rec, you know, Z has been involved with me, I wrote hers, you know, so it's like you get that, that's number one, that's the connection. And then number two, if you're helping out, you know, it's enhancing your classroom learning. So I always try to, in the research assistants that I work with now, tie what we're doing in the lab or in our, you know, in our experiments back to what they're learning in the classroom. So hopefully it enhances and kind of elevates their, you know, kind of just allows them to apply that, uh, what they learn in the classroom, you know, to a different a different site, you know, they're no longer, they're just not in their books, you know, they're not in the classroom. Now they get to apply it to a real person, a real research subject. So that's number two. So number one, recommendation letter, number two, uh, enhances classroom learning. 
And I think number three is best case scenario, maybe it turns into a, a research presentation, like a poster. So last, um, in, the, in the fall, I took a group of like uh, 16 students to a conference and I had two of them present a poster. So their names are published in the meeting handbook, you know, it's a it's published abstract, you know, and so you get to put that on your CV now. And uh, so that's three things, you know, you, you got a letter rec of it, you, it's enhancing your classroom learning, plus potentially it's something that, you know, a reference that you get to list on, on your CV. That is going to put you, you know, like a, hopefully a, a step ahead of everyone else when you're applying to PT school. I think, oh, last thing. I think also, Z, you're, you're looking at your coursework at like Loma Linda. By the end of it, you're going to be involved in some research too, right? As part of your yeah. GPT program. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it could give you, um, you know, one less thing to kind of worry about in terms of all the coursework that you're working on. Definitely. You already have that little bit of experience of, you know, working in, in a research, uh, you know, scenario or working in that aspect. So that yeah. school, again, it's just giving you that one little leg up. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking a little bit pre-show about how, you know, there's a lot of majors at Azusa, but in the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kinesiology realm and all that, uh, in those majors, like half of them are pre-PT students and the other half is like kinesiology, biomechanics, athletic training and all that. So mm -hmm. what is your level, if at all, your level of involvement with, you know, athletic training, uh, physical therapy? Are you like the sponsor for any clubs, coaching anything, um, or just specifically research and all the students are coming to you like, please, I need this on my resume and my application. <laughs> Let me in. Like what, what's your level of involvement with those yeah, so uh, so I teach uh, so it's I teach all mostly undergrads, and then one class a year I teach our master's athletic training students. So those are the courses I teach. So I'm teaching. Uh, we talked. I taught. I teach anatomy and phys. I teach our like functional anatomy kinesiology class, human movement science, like a neuromechanics uh, type of thing, and then biomechanics for the athletic training students. So in each of those. In each of those classes, I try to incorporate research, but at the end of the day, it's really up to the students to kind of make the effort to, to reach out. I kind of, I do like an announcement in the beginning of the semester, like, hey, this is what I'm working on. I'd love for you to be involved. You know, if that interests you, come chat with me. And uh, this semester has been awesome. I've had, you know, a couple of really great students come forward and be like, I like really just gung ho, like I want to be involved. And they're both. Uh, going to go to PT school or thinking they'll be applying the next round. So they have like one more year to go. But um, yeah, so they've kind of approached me. I, I mean, I, I'm always open and, and always trying to get more help. I could definitely always use more help. So yeah, but ultimately the students, you know, you gotta, you gotta make that first, I, I'm open and I open it up, but then they, they kind of take it one step further and come chat with me. Mm, I love it. I love it. Here's the honest truth. Um, this is actually one of my big regrets before I, I got into physical therapy school. Um, I, I noticed it <laughs> when, like you were saying, when the research came, because it's a doctorate level degree, so you got to do research. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I actually slept on the opportunity to do research. Um, and I, so I'm coming from the other side of it. Um, and I later learned that it would have been a huge asset 
um, to me. We're in a profession or a group of professions that is very evidence-based. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of what we're learning is is changing all the time or being accelerated, you know, quite frequently. So being able to stay on top of that um, is is pretty important to us being able to, you know, give give adequate care that that's based on what uh, the latest findings are. Uh, but on top of that, like, I just, I just noticed that like, it was hard initially um, to, to kind of, you know, be as fast as some of my other peers when I was in PT school that were, you know, pretty, pretty well versed uh, in the world of research. They were a lot quicker. They knew what they were looking for. Um, just their comprehension of everything was, was, was so much more amazing. So I clearly see like, the value of it. But for the student right now that's been listening to this episode and is like, man, ooh, research could could help. Research could help. What what is like one one final thing you could tell that student to to really flip them onto the other side of seeing the value of research um, as as an avenue that can help them set themselves apart as a pre-PT um, in preparation for the interview um, and just the application process in general? What would you tell uh, that pre-PT student? Yeah, I think I think two things. Number one is it's fun. <laughs> so I think that's um, that's something that people are like, oh, it's research. Like I'm gonna have to read a lot and like write a ton, and that's terrible. But that it's like not like it's totally fun. Um, yes, there is reading, and yes, there is writing. But you get to practice like working with subjects, and that's gonna help you with your your patient care. You know, and so just one more thing that can set you apart so number one it's it's fun and and there's some really cool exciting things that I'm working on and I have my students working on right now that I can tell they're excited about you know and sometimes they get more excited than I do and I'm like whoa so that's that's really cool so that's number one is it's fun and number two is I think which I which I kind of ties into the first but it really does give you that that one step up you know not that everything is a competition but you know but it is competitive to, to get into PT school, you know? So if you can give yourself that one little, one little bit up, you know, just like I mentioned, establishing that relationship with, with a potential mentor, you know, faculty mentor, who's going to write you that letter, you know, and when you go into that interview, being able to talk about, you know, connect what you learn in the classroom to what you've applied in research, you know, and then Perhaps maybe you've even taken what you've learned in research and applied it to your, you know, your internship at a PT clinic, you know, and so tying all of those together is just going to show that whoever's interviewing you that, hey, this person really, you know, has taken the initiative, you know, they've pursued these opportunities for research, they've pursued, they've, they've applied that information from the classroom to research and then to their internship, you know, in the clinic and all that. So, so yeah, so hopefully it all, ideally it all fits together and works better. I love it. I love it. I love it. So y'all listening, get on some research. <laughs> you heard it here. You've heard it here. And at the end of the episode, we're uh, we're gonna tell them how to how to get a hold of you. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just so they can ask questions if they have any. But but you know, we have two questions that we normally end our podcast episode with. And the first is um if you were to go to the younger version of yourself, you know, I you know, obviously, obviously, you've accomplished quite a bit at this point. <laughs> um, you've survived teaching, you know, Zanaya. So, so yeah, that's definitely that was rough. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I swear, I'm not oh, a bad student. No, Zanaya's an amazing student. She's she's just amazing in general. Uh, but but what would you say to the younger person of yourself? Usually, we say that because um, more more than likely, 
that version of yourself is listening to this, mm-hmm. to this episode. Yeah. And so what you say will, will strike a chord with them uh, so that they can, you know, speed up the process to get into where they, uh, they need to be in life. So what would you say to the younger you? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the biggest thing I would say is be confident. Be confident in yourself. There are, you know, I can think of many times, like looking back where I could have done even more. Like I could have emailed one more professor or I could have asked another question or I could have, um, you know, just stayed after class another second to, to talk to the professor because I was unclear on something, but I wasn't confident enough to do so. Or I thought that my question was stupid, you know, and I think being in the position I'm in now as a professor, I think like, man, like I wish more students would come and talk to me afterwards. Like I know they're out there and I know they're like me and they were, they're not confident and they think their question is dumb, but if only they just come up and talk to me, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. Cause you know, I, I still think back to, Oh, there's times I should have asked that question, you know, and, or I should have, I should have, you know, at a, when I was at a conference or something, I should have gone up and introduced myself. So just being, being a little bit more confident. That's what I think is the biggest thing I would say. Now, since you, since you do see a pretty large number of, you know, pre PT students, Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell, or what, what makes the, the students stand out to you? Like, can you tell if they will be a successful pre-PT applicant, a successful uh, student PT, and eventually, you know, therapist? Is there yeah. any, any qualities that you see just from now, whether they're freshmen, sophomores, undergrad, or even applying now that you see in those students? Like, what do you see from the ones who will be good applicants and like, mm, you might want to wait or <laughs> fix some things up? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I teach, um, I teach our first semester anatomy and physiology class at APU. There's a wide, a big, a wide variety, you know, of maturity levels and things like that. And I think the thing that sets students apart really for, and, uh, sets them up for success is, is two things. Number one is the willingness to do work outside of class. I think a lot of students uh, kind of, you know, even, even throughout undergrad, maybe it's a little easy for them or, you know, but they're just like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll go to class and that's enough, you know? And I think the realization that just going to class is not enough, um, that's, that's number one. You know, like, yes, going to class is obviously important, <laughs> but, taking the time outside of class and a significant amount of time outside of class, you know, to, to really hone yourself as a student, you know, and as a future physical therapist, that is key, you know, is being able, being willing to put in the work outside of class. So that's number one. And number two is having curiosity. That's the biggest thing. You know, I think, uh, the, the students, some of the students that I have in my, throughout all of my classes, the ones that I can, that end up being the most successful, you know, and have, you know, we have two who just got, uh, who are in their first year APU's DPT program, you know, or kinese majors, and then went on to APU's DPT program, you know, is, is they were curious. They were constantly asking questions, you know, they were, they were studying at home, coming to class, coming to class prepared with questions. Hey, I know we're going to cover this today. Hey, what do you think about this? Is, and then trying to apply it to their real life, you know? So I had a student 
in my AMP class, you know, he, he's an athlete and, you know, we're talking about action potentials and the neuromuscular junction and things like that. You know, he's like, oh, and he's making these connections. Like, is this why, you know, you have in electrolytes, there's sodium and, and, and uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, yes, yeah, like, yes. So like, and thank you. It was like, and he was making these connections, and like asking these wonderful questions, you know, and, um, and it was awesome. So, so yeah, having that curiosity and uh, like constantly being interested in asking questions and things like that, 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 those are the two, those are the two big things. All keys, all keys. I love it, man. Thank you so much, Mr. Dudley, for uh, taking the time out of your evening. Well, y'all are, y'all are, you guys have sunshine. I got, I got, I'm in Florida right now. You know what I mean? So so for your afternoon, all right. West coast (laughs) spoiled folk. Uh, I'm just joking, but 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 for students that have listened to this episode and are absolutely, first of all, thrilled that you shared um, so much about research and its value, but also would love to learn more. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a way uh, by which they can access you, whether it's through social media, email? Uh, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so my email address. Feel free, you guys are more than welcome to to look me up on APU's website. I'll give you my email address right now. It's R. Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, at apu.edu. More than welcome to email me at any time. And um, I'd give you my Instagram, but it's just pictures of my son. Uh, but there's some biomechanics stuff on there. So <laughs> I, I should probably, yeah. So it's at Robert Dud, R-O-B-E-R-T-D-U-D. Got some new followers. So, so yeah, <laughs> uh, those are probably the two best ways. But yeah, just feel free to email me. That's the best way. All I heard is uh, hit him up on his Instagram, y'all. <laughs> That's the spot. That's the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is this has been excellent. Um, our 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 goal with PrePT Grind is to really um give PrePTs the best possible opportunity to become, you know, the best applicant they can become, and a lot of that is from just understanding more about what mm-hmm. they can do to leverage themselves. And you've just given a lot of PrePTs. Um, a great insight into the world of research and how they can use that. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Just be confident, go make those connections with your professors. They're the ones who write in the letters of rec and, 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 and doing all that. So for it's sure, true. be confident. It's, it's so true. And for those of you guys listening to this episode, you guys always know where to find us. Uh, go to our website at www.preptgrind.com where you can get access to everything else that we have to offer you guys. We're here to serve you guys all the time. You have an absolutely amazing afternoon. Well, afternoon if you're in California, but evening if you're in the East Coast. Many blessings. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Pre-PT Success Program, a program designed to take Pre-PT students and help them become excellent DPT school candidates without wasting years of frustration during the application process. To learn and master Pre-PT Grind's six-step process that will get you into physical therapy school, the Pre-PT Success Program is exactly what you have been looking for. Reach out to us at contactpreptgrind.com, aka our Facebook Messenger, and thank you once again for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Pre-PT Grind 